Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. I love sharing Torah classes, and thank you for listening to this episode. Feel free to follow and to share with others so they too can enjoy the Torah classes on this podcast. Now, on to the episode. Today's daf Masechus Gitin is daf Ayin Gimel. We're beginning about a third of the way down the page of Tanra Banan. We're going to have three sections in today's daf. The first section will discuss the concept of Onsa Delo Shchiach and uh, the implications on certain conditions. So we have a brayzer here that says like this: If a person gives a get to his wife and he says, "This is your get imati mecholi ze." So in such a scenario, if something unpredictable happens and he dies, for example, he gets bitten by a snake, it would not be an effective get. However, the end of the Brysa says, if he says the same condition, but he changes the wording a little, he says, If I don't get up from it, so then if such an unpredictable thing happens and he dies, it would be considered a get. Now that's the Brysa. The Gemara doesn't understand, however, what the difference between them, between the Reisha and the Seifa is. Both cases in Onsed Lo occurred, a unpredictable onus happened and he died. So why would he be divorced in the seifa and not divorced in the reisha? Rashi explains because a person, when he gives such a get, he might intend that it means to say, even if I die from something else, but that would only be true on things that are predictable, normal sorts of ways of dying. But things that are not, like being bitten by a snake, lechara should not be grounds for divorce even in the seifa. So, in fact, from Eretz Yisrael, they sent that the seifa is not correct. Actually, it would not. It would be considered. Uh, it would not be considered divorce because it's an unpredictable oynus, and therefore, even in the seifa's case, it shouldn't be divorced based on the condition he set. In support of this psak, the Gemara tells us two more incidences regarding a similar idea, um, which is once t- both stories of psakim of Rava really. So one is where a fellow sold a field to his friend. And he said, I'll take responsibility for anything that occurs. The king seized the property and diverted a river through it, causing it to be forfeited by the purchaser. So in this case, Rava said, again, that's an onsa de that's an unpredictable onus, and therefore the seller, although he took responsibility for normative things, that's not normal, he's not responsible to reimburse. In a similar incident, we had Rav Papa and Rav Hunabredra of Yeshua, they purchased some sesame, and they instructed the sellers to traveled by boat over the river to deliver it to their houses. It became dammed, which is, again, an unpredictable situation. And they said maybe they should be responsible because they took responsibility to take it by donkey on the land to our houses. Rava said that's incorrect. It's an onsa de lo So even though they took responsibility, they're exempt. They don't have to schlep it in a different way, as this was unpredictable. Okay, moving on to the second section of the day. We have here... A new mission at the bottom of Ayin Gimel now. And the Mishnah tells us two, two different halachas. The first halacha the Mishnah tells us is that if a person gave a get mehayom imati, like we spoke about in the prior Mishnah, they should not seclude together. So Rashi explains there's two reasons, there's two shitas why they shouldn't seclude together. Either it's because Rechoshish, maybe they'll have relations for Kedushin, and then there will be a necessity for a second get. So even though this theoretically would have been effective, now there will be another get because the Kedushin would have taken place after the get would theoretically have occurred because retroactively it occurs in the time of the giving. 
Or even if you hold that we're not choshesh for them to actually have relations with each other, nonetheless, she's a penuya, meaning retroactively she'll have been a penuya, a single girl, and it's usher to be miyachid with a penuya. Now, the Mishnah continues on, as we'll explain in the Gemara, this is actually a different scenario. But the Mishnah asks, Mahi What is her status during the interim days? So Rabbi Yehuda says, the Gemara is going to explain it's actually a different tonight, where you said, is that she's divorced the moment before he passes away. So Rabbi Yehuda says she's considered a full Eishas Ish, and if somebody would have relations with her in those interim days between the giving and his passing away, that the halach would be bichay of a korban chatas, again, if it was bishogeg. And Rabbi Yossi says it's a suffake, meaning, which the Gemara is going to explain, but because he holds in Brera, therefore, anyone who has relations with her, even should the husband pass away later, and it's only Me'es Shani Ba'olam, so really you should say that it was during a time that he, she was an Eishasish Mamish, but there was a suffix on that moment if she would have not been an Eishasish anymore because the husband may have died right after. And then Me'es Shani Ba'olam would have made him her divorced. So therefore, you're going to be Chai Venashem Toloi as a suffix, not responsible for a um, Korban Chatas. Now the Gemara quotes a Brisa where there's a Machlokas Tanakam and Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yehuda, but it's very vague as to what the debate is. So we have three explanations of what this debate is actually contingent on. So Rav Nachman is the first, Rav Nachman was the first explanation. So he says like this, in a scenario where, and this is the case, in a scenario we see a guy who divorced his wife go into a privacy with that woman in darkness, and we don't know what happened. So in such a scenario, we don't suspect they had relations, according to the Tanakama, and they don't require an, he doesn't she doesn't require a new get. <coughs> However, they they would both agree, it means Tanakama and Rabbiosi Rabbi Yehuda would agree, and this is all in the first explanation of Nachman Omar Abba Baravua, that if we saw Bia, there would be a requirement for a new get, because we suspect that the Bia was for Kiddushin. However, if he gave money after the Bia, this creates a machloikis. Um so then there would be a machlokas. Tanakama would say, we assume that that's just money for Esnan Zayna, basically, a payoff, but it's not for Kiddushin still. And Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yehuda says that it was really a matana, but the Bia was for Kiddushin. And therefore, we have to actually suspect that this was for uh, Kiddushin. They would require a new get. Now, the Gemara just points out, which we'll go through each of the three explanations, this would... Both of these Tanoim would support Rabbi Yochanan's qualification of the Machlokas Bisham Vesilel, which is a scenario where you had a man who divorced his wife, went into privacy. There's Machlokas Bisham Vesilel if there's a necessity for a new get. Vesilel holds that he does require a new get. So Rabbi Yochanan qualifies that Machlokas as when we saw if there were relations, but otherwise there would be no need for a new get. So according to this, Rav Nachman Omar Baravua's explanation of the Machlokas Tanoim in, the, uh, in this Brisa, both would actually be supporting of Rabbi Yochanan, because again, according to Basil, if there was, we saw intimacy, there would be necessity for a new get. And if we didn't, there wouldn't be a requirement, so both Shittas would agree to that, um, and both would support Rabbi Yochanan's qualification of the Machlokas B'Shan Basil. Now, Abai refutes Rav Nachman Omar Baravua's explanation, because he says there's no mention of money in the Brisa, so it's difficult to imagine that's the point of debate. Rather, Abaye explains differently. He explains the point of debate in the Brisa is where we actually saw that there were relations. And then it would emerge that Tanakama holds where we saw the relation, we still just assume it's with Znus, there's no necessity for another get. But Rabbi Yehuda holds that we assume it's for Kedushin, you do not require another get. And then it would come out, as the Gemara says, that only Rabbi Yehuda would be in support of Rabbi Yochanan's qualification of the debate of Beisham and 
Rav refutes this understanding of Abaye because he says the word Af is, is difficult because Af is really going from Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda's words, onto the Tanakama, but Tanakama was lenient. So why would he use the word Af? He should have just said, in this case, where the idea it was that there was some uh, relations, he said, in this case of relations, the halacha should be that you require a get. So rather, Rav says the third explanation which is that the debate is that the Tanakama holds, even if we saw Bia, we assume it's for Znus, and there's no necessity for another get. And Rabbi Yisrael Yehuda argues in the exact opposite direction. He says, even if we didn't see Bia, there's necessity for a get, because we assume, hein hein yichud, hein hein bia. meaning we assume that uh, if they were in, in seclusion together, probably they had relations, and therefore you'd need a get. And therefore, even if we didn't see it, we, just went, went, we saw they went to the seclusion, they'd require another get. And we come out according to this version, neither will support the contention of Rabbi Yochanan. Fine. Now, moving on, we have the third section of the day. We have we had a machlokis in the mission between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi regarding her status in those interim days. And we're going to have two more opinions in the Gemara. So the Gemara just clarifies first, we're not talking about a case in this machlokis as it implies from the mission actually, me'ayomi mati, because everybody would agree me'ayomi mati, if she had relations and then her husband died, she's divorced retroactively from the beginning. And Mamela the person who had relations with Rabbi Patzer Legamri, there's no question. The debate over here is where he made a different condition, which is where he said, where, where he said, So now he said, you're divorced from the time that I'm in this world, which means when I pass away, you're divorced from the moment before I passed away. So now it comes out like this. Rabbi Yehuda says, she was like an Eishasish Tuchol Dvarel before that, so if someone had relations with her, he's have to bring a Korban Chatas, Beshogeg. Rabbi Yossi says, however, so what's the pshat? He holds that every moment is technically a suffix he may pass away right after, making them exempt. So therefore, you don't bring a carbon chatas, rather you bring an asham taloi. Why? Because he holds ein breira. You can't say, you see, writ later, they were chayav initially, so therefore you just have to bring a carbon asham taloi. Now, turning to Ayin Dalad Aleph now, the Gemara quotes a brisa with four opinions, and two of them reflect the two opinions we had. We'll have two more. So the Gemara says like this, Rabbi Yudas says, there's only a divorce in the moment before he dies, and therefore in the interim time, all of the responsibilities and um, obligations she has to him would be in place, and, and vice versa, which means he can keep her mitziah, etc. And he's chayef to support her in mizonos too, l'chayra. Rabbi Meir says that the intent of such a condition, is actually to be divorced in the time of giving. Again, if he dies. If he doesn't die, then they're not divorced at all. But assuming he dies from this after this condition was made, it's actually divorced in the time of giving. So therefore, there's no asham tali that's coming to come into play because actually there was a divorce from the beginning. The chachamim, now this chachamim follows Rabbi Yossi of the Mishnah. They hold that you're going to be chayav in asham taloi as it's, as it's going to occur immediately before the fellow passes away. So should he pass away, it'll actually kickstart kick this condition into play. And therefore, every bia that happened in between, assuming the fellow passed away, again, the halacha would be, it would be a suffix in the migureshes, vein migureshes, and you'd be chayav in asham taloi. However, the chachamim would hold that the husband was chayav to support her in mizonos, because this is Megoresh, it's Vayna Megoresh, and Rabbi Zerah says in those scenarios, the husband is still chayef to pay Mizonos during the lifetime following this tonight before he passes away. Now we have the fourth opinion really in the Brisa, which is another version of Rabbi Yossi, which is that the same like we said before, is that there's going to be an Asham Tolay because it's a divorce before he passes away. However, 
you can't say that you're actually chayav achatas because it's all a suffake, and because of that we say in Breira, therefore it's only an Hashem Taloi. However, this version of Rabbi Yossi would hold you're not chayav in Mizonos, because he'd say this is not considered Megureshes, for in Megureshes, rather this is just a suffix Megureshes. So it would come out actually that this Chachamim's version of the Brisa is like Rabbi Yossi of the Mishnah, and Rabbi Yossi of the Brisa is a different version, like Trey Tanoya Libid Rabbi Yossi. Okay, we're stopping here at the top of Ayan Dalad and Mudalef. Ezra Hashem, we'll pick up tomorrow with Daf Ayan Dalad. Everybody have a wonderful day.